The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Illuminating Feng Shui with Kathleen Zamansky. Are you seeking effective ways to increase efficiency, productivity, and accountability while boosting your bottom line? In our program, Kathleen and her guests will impart wisdom and proven techniques to help you tap into the universal energies of Feng Shui and Chinese metaphysics. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Zamansky. Welcome, I'm Kathleen Zemanski, and this is Illuminating Feng Shui. Today I'm talking with Lisa Safran, and we're going to be talking about the essentials of business improv. You're also going to hear my weekly Feng Shui tip later in the program, and today I'm going to do a, something a little bit different. We're going to do Feng Shui and improv, so that's going to be a little bit of a twist there. But first, I would like to introduce my guest today. Her name is Lisa Safran. She believes that when it comes to training, one size does not fit all. She works collaboratively with her clients to support customizing training and coaching programs. Lisa has a background in education, theater, and improvisation, making fun while learning, an operative phrase when it comes to the program she facilitates. Lisa is the president and founder of Improv Consultants, providing experiential professional development training programs to individuals, businesses, and teams. As a training strategist, Lisa helps her clients strengthen communication and leadership skills and develops healthier teams through training and team-building programs. Lisa has had the pleasure of working with many cultures around the world and living overseas twice in her lifetime. Lisa is the author of Reading and Writing Come Alive and Executive Presence Improv Style. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks, Kathleen. It's great being here. So when um, I start uh, with an interview with um, all of my guests, what I like to do is ask them what they either know or experienced about feng shui, astrology, or auspicious timing. Well, I'm really glad that you asked that. So I didn't know anything until I met you a few years ago. And when I started to learn about the impact of really applying feng shui astrology to your business and specifically to the space that you work in, it really had a huge impact on my income, actually. So to all of you listening, I was so excited to be able to hire Kathleen to come and do an assessment of my office space when I was moving into the new space. And based on her charting and looking at the space, we came up with some plan of attack, and it included even where my desk was going to face, and I had the best income year that year, and it continues to grow as I take your suggestions. Well, thank you. Um, Well, you know, and one of the things that we did do with Lisa as well is we were kind of deciding on on a couple of different locations. So it really started with what was the right building for you and that and you intuitively, I think, just right out of the gate, just chose such a good building that I said, you know, there really is no reason to look any further. So we went with that one. And I kind of knew the other location she was looking at too. So um okay, well let's let's talk a little bit more about you. So what is your background and what led you to do this work about improv? 
Thanks for asking. So my background is, first, I was an actress, and I also did stand-up comedy. I performed around the country in these very strange clubs in the middle of nowhere, and really wasn't actually that funny, so it wasn't a great career choice. And I also then went back to school at this point when I realized like, okay, maybe stand-up isn't it. I was a little bit too nervous about always making people laugh and focus too much on when people weren't laughing. I needed to figure out a new direction. I went back to school and I earned a master's degree in teaching and I became a teacher, much to my father's sort of chagrin. He said, you know, you don't even like kids. (laughs) What are you thinking? (laughs) And he was right, although they're okay, just long as they're not mine. But I worked with them for 12 years. And while I was a teacher, I started to notice the profound effects of using improv around building confidence, around building literacy, and literacy with regards to how one speaks, how one listens, how one writes and even reads, and created originally a program for teachers on using improv in the classroom. Hmm. That eventually led to the work I'm doing today. Interesting. So, well, just to kind of rewind that, you are actually very funny because I've been around Lisa for not only, you know, me working for her, I was involved with her in a leadership team building uh, exercise that that we had a group uh, get together. And, you know, one of the things I found is like kind of breaking down those barriers of maybe feeling like an idiot when you're doing some of these these improvisational uh, exercises that you, you found yourself either laughing at yourself or laughing with others. I wouldn't say necessarily at others, but with others that I think that was what like kind of one of the breakthroughs that uh, with power struggles is just like bringing that humor to it. So I and I in in other situations as well, I've seen always a lot of smiles and chuckles. So maybe it's not rip-roaring laughter, but, you know, there you you have a very nice uh, humorous side to you, for sure. So, Thank you. I think that there's something to be said for that, which is the difference between stand-up and improv mm-hmm. is that stand-up, you're often crafting a piece of content mm-hmm. to be funny. Mm-hmm. Whereas improv, you're being really present, and so the humor comes from a shared experience. That's what I think really distinguishes the two. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Lisa and I were were uh, doing a little bit of improv right before we went on the air today, and we were doing which we can't really demonstrate right now because <laughs> it's a listening. It's it, it would do more of a visual thing, but it was clapping and saying different numbers, and it was letting go of imperfection and. And and I was having a, a struggle with it because I wanted it to be like in a certain way, but yet it did make me laugh at my own idea that everything had to be perfect. So (laughs) anyway, so what is the difference between applied improvisation and improv comedy? Improv comedy is what we see when we go to a performance. Mm. It's whose line is it anyway, the great TV show where you're seeing amazing actors think on the spot and craft fun skits without even knowing what's going to come next. Applied improvisation is taking the principles and tenets from the improv theater world and applying it in a corporate or a different kind of setting. So, for example, one of the principles or tenets of improvisation is to be present, is to listen 
listen attentively. It's to make your partner look brilliant. In other words, how do you really support your colleague in being amazing and and giving them status, giving them some credibility? It's about saying yes and, where you're going to build on the ideas or story, if it was a theater piece, the story, you're building it and you're wanting to move it forward. In a corporate setting, the applied improv technique is I'm listening to your idea and I'm seeing how I can agree with you before I put it down. Mm-hmm. So the difference is really that we're taking the principles and tenants and some of the games as well, but we're really looking at how can we create a more cohesive collaborative team that communicates effectively in a positive way. Right. That that was the thing that I I really took away when I worked with you and the team was, you know, I, I hear your idea and versus saying but. Because everyone has a but, <laughs> or you know, they want to interject their point of view in a way of negating what someone else just said, and that was powerful. That was very powerful. I thought in what you what you do. So, well, absolutely. And if you think about how we listen and what happens in the brain, if you and I are having a conversation and I throw out an idea and you say yes, but. I am no longer going to hear the fact that you yesed. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to hear what you just said, which is you negated my idea. Right. And then we don't get anywhere. Right. So in the applied improv world, we teach people how to kind of suspend judgment and continue to play with this idea of how can I find agreement here and how can I build on the offers that you're giving me? Exactly. No, that was, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Um, okay, so, but why improv? When you ask that question, the, the thing about improv for me is that it one of my core values is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this definitely puts the fun in the mix. But the other piece about improv is it takes people out of their comfort zone. The last thing people think about wanting to do is to be funny or perform in front of their colleagues. And so often when we go into a setting, people think that's what they're going to have to do. We then take away that fear because it's not about performing in front of each other and it's not about being funny, but it is about being present. So again, bringing back those principles of how do we apply the tenets Mm -hmm. to what we do. Improv is one of these great catalysts that shows that through game, right, that we played this game called one, two, three, and we're going really, really fast, one, two, three, and mistakes are happening. And through that, we were able to learn that you had some concern or fear around making mistakes. So now I know that when working with you, I want to make sure to really support you and stretch you at times, but understand that making mistakes might be scary for you. So I want to support you and still stretching you to make some mistakes so that we can be innovative and creative, Mm -hmm. which is what improv helps us do but also not stretch you so far that you don't even want to participate. Right. Well, and I, there is something to be said about that because I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I relayed this to you or not, but there was one participant in particular who was um, had a bad experience, let's put it that way, a previous bad experience of doing some sort of group share. And so he, it, it was very clear that this person did not want to participate. And, but I observed that, and when that person did participate, gained a lot of value from that engagement with the rest of the team. Because get, initially it was like, like I'm not no doing way, this. I don't want to do I'm this. Not, I'm not yeah. doing this. Yeah, I get that kind of feedback a lot where I'll often go into a room of, of 
clients, and there's a lot of people with their arms folded, like, what have you gotten me into? And at the end, everyone's like, oh my gosh, and there's this openness. And I think part of that is that they realize, one, they were able to do something they thought they couldn't do. Two, they were supported in a safe way. It's not about shaming people. It's not about putting people on the spot, but it's really about stretching people out of their comfort zone so that they can be bolder. They can be more of a leader. They can take risks. I mean, what is it to be a real leader but to take risks and sometimes fail? Mm. And this creates an environment of really allowing people to do this in a safe way. That actually allows everyone to step up in some shape or form of being a leader as well. It's, I mean, it is about being, you know, when, when is it to soldier? When is it to lead? But in some respects, I think even in today's work dynamics, they're really, you know, people are being encouraged to really stand up and be leaders in their own right, no matter what they're doing. Absolutely. And I like what you were saying about when to soldier and when to lead, because part of improv is knowing that at times you are the leader, but at other times, prop someone else up mm-hmm. and really give them the status to mm-hmm. be the leader. Mm-hmm. And and delegate, you know. Exactly. And, you know, the art of delegation is going to be real important, you know, to the success of any business. And, you know, sometimes you do. It's it, You need to, like, highlight your team and give them credit for the things that they do. So right now, I would like to take this opportunity to thank my sponsor, Saddler Inc. Insurance. I personally have all of my insurance with Saddler, my auto, my home, my health, workman's compensation, my business insurance, and that covers my personal and professional life. The staff at Saddler is dedicated to giving you the best coverage at the best price. And you know what? It's not a matter of if you're going to need insurance, it's when. So for real customer service, for all your insurance needs, check out my sponsor at www.saddlerinc.com, S-A-D-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Stay tuned for more on Illuminating Feng Shui. And when we come back, I'll continue the conversation with Lisa Saffron and the Essentials of Business Improv. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Highly successful people know that timing is everything. Kathleen Zamansky's Time Blazer Business Management System taps the ancient wisdom of auspicious timing for your business success. The Time Blazer decodes ancient Chinese wisdom into standard business concepts to help you make crucial decisions at the correct time, whether it's about business, career, education, travel, or even the best time to walk away from a partnership. Find out more at 5elementsgroup.com. That's number 5elementsgroup.com. Do you second-guess your business decisions? Whether you struggle or succeed in business depends on you. What if you had access to foretell when certain days and times were vibrant to help you excel in your personal and professional endeavors? You were born with a business DNA. With a Five Elements Business Astrology reading, timing is everything, and the time is now. Why wing it when you were born with a unique birth map? For your free business astrology chart, visit freebusinessastrology.com. That's freebusinessastrology.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This 
This is Illuminating Feng Shui. To reach Kathleen or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Kathleen at 5elementsgroup.com. Now, back to Illuminating Feng Shui. Welcome back. This is your host, Kathleen Zemanski. We're joined today by Lisa Saffron, and we're talking about the essentials of business improv, which I think is a very exciting topic as well as, I think, really important to businesses today. So how does improv fit into business? That is a great question. Today, when we think about this idea of improvisation in the business world, it really happens every single day in many different ways. So let's just start by how we even get to our business. We get in our car, we start to drive, and then there's a detour sign. So even though we had this plan to go straight, we now have to turn right, adapt, become agile, flexible, and we continue to proceed to work on this new course. Well, in the business world, there's a lot of things that happen on a daily basis that we are not planning for. And one of the things that can really stop growth, stop innovation, and stop collaboration is a fixed mindset. I love Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, and she talks about a fixed versus growth mindset. A lot of the work we do, we will bring in experts like that to talk about their ideas that we've read about because it's not just play. It really is about reaching tangible results. And when we think about what does a business want, they want revenue. They want to see their bottom line, if not more than their bottom line. And they want to have a content and happy workforce. And in order to have a workforce that really gels and looks forward to working together, we have to create an environment that supports people in really listening, talking with each other, problem solving in a positive way, and bringing in excitement and enthusiasm. So this idea of improv and business is all about supporting that bottom line. You create happy employees, you have retention. Right, because training them is not fun and, and or easy. Co- and to it find, costs a lot of money. Yeah, and to find even good right. employees exactly. is, you know, for, you know. It fits into business in many ways. It fits in around leadership, like what we've already mentioned, and communication and team building, but it's also about sales. So when you have a sales team, you know, there's lots of sales trainings that go on, but part of being an effective salesperson is your capacity for building relationships, how you listen to people, how you yes and their objections or the ideas that they put forth so it's all again about what are you bringing to the table to move a story forward how are you negating how are you supporting and all of those skills come from an improv-based game Hmm. or session Hmm. yeah you know i had a conversation with someone last night and i can see how i could have used the and i didn't actually use but but i i don't think i handled that conversation as effectively as I possibly could have by just using that one word and of listening to what she said and then just said I I understand your perspective and (laughs) that would have had a very um, different outcome. I think and and it's great that you're aware of that because I think part of improv is this idea of emotional intelligence and so when we think about both self-awareness and then social empathy as two of the pieces of emotional intelligence 
improv is all about that self-awareness and really about social empathy. How how are you feeling right now? What can I do to support you? Mm. And so this idea of being aware that, wow, I could have used yes last night in this conversation, that's incredible, right? That's the first piece of change and growth right. is that awareness piece. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, I, I think it's, a rem- it's, it's also a reminder because it's been a couple years since I personally worked with you. So, you know, it's just like any skill that if you don't use it all the time, you sort of like lose that muscle memory. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I found just by this reminder today, it was, and then, and then kind of pinging back to that moment, it was like, well, yeah, that could have been, a, <laughs> that could have been better. One of the things that you're saying about this idea of practice, I feel like I got into this business because I am actually a natural negator. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, if, if given the chance, I'm going to find a problem. I'm going to think there's something wrong with it. I'm going to complain. I'm going to be unhappy. I mean, I do think that my general disposition can often go towards the negative. So I feel like somehow the universe put me in this role where I'm constantly having to practice looking at the yes and, looking at positivity, looking at how I can move something forward and how I can be more bold and take risk. And it's, you know, it's really not natural. So practice is huge. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's, you know, there is a saying out there about no matter what industry you're in, it's like, I'm only, you know, a step or two ahead or behind, if you will, of any particular client, because a client will call you and then, all of a sudden that problem will appear or you have just resolved that problem. That's why you can help that person so powerfully. So, well, I'm glad that it that it's working for you because <laughs> your skills are certainly helping me. So why is improv an essential 21st century skill? Well, let's think about what's happening in our world, right? Oof. Okay, so we have a lot of changes that have gone on. We have, especially right now, there's a, a huge group of people in our country that are unhappy and a huge group of people that are happy, right? Mm-hmm. So when we think about just right now adapting to our current situation, and it may be that one doesn't want to adapt and one wants to do some other things around this, but how can one look at this as a way of moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. What's what's involved with you with moving forward, whether you are for or against whatever has been going on in our, our particular right. world, right? Right. So part of this idea of a 21st century skill is that things are always changing and things are never going to necessarily go the way you want. And we have to keep up with things. There's a lot happening quickly. We have technology everywhere. We're constantly having to navigate and and handle several devices. We are multitasking like constantly, even though it's been proven that that doesn't really work. So there's all these things that are happening on a constant basis. And in order to handle that, we have to be flexible and agile and be able to quickly reverse direction think differently, take action, have some clarity and focus around how we want to take action. And all of that comes from sort of this idea of being present, listening, and seeing, again, where can I agree? Where can I contribute rather than how can I put something down or negate? Very good. So what are some of the pain problems that improv addresses? Well, I definitely think one of them is this idea of creativity, right? We have a organization, let's say, that is not getting where they want to go. Now, one of the reasons that creativity can be stopped is people don't feel safe being able to speak their mind or put an idea out. And an example is I remember once I was serving on a board of directors and I was really excited to be on the board and I threw out an idea and someone said, oh no, we've tried that before. 
Okay, so what do you think happens for me in that moment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? So when those kinds of statements get thrown out, even though truth, they may have tried it before and it really didn't work, what's happened for me is I've been silenced. Right. So we like to look at this idea of how can we support a culture in really hearing ideas and respond in a much more positive way. So one of the ideas is creativity. That in order to create a creative culture, we have to have a risk-tolerant group of people who are willing to hear ideas. So that's one of the pain points that it addresses. Another is this idea of communication, right? How can I effectively communicate with you if I'm not really listening to you? And if I'm listening to you, I'm listening both to the words that you say. I'm looking at your body language. I'm also wanting to be empathetic to try to understand your point of view. So improv is very much about active listening and being able to practice skills that support you in active listening. Another is this idea of leadership, really being bold and innovative. I'm willing to fail. You know, for the first few years of my business, I would describe it as I felt like I was standing at the edge of a cliff with one foot dangling. Mm. And it was just always butterflies in my stomach. And I'm sure you can relate. But this idea of like, oh, my gosh, what was I thinking? I had a normal job with benefits, right? And now I'm about to jump off this cliff. Now, the difference is with improv, I can jump off the cliff. And I can create a parachute. (laughs) It may not be there, but I can design it and I can innovate that. And I can take that risk. So I would say leadership, being bold, creativity, communication. Those are definitely three of the pain points that we deal with. So, you know, we also live in a very global world. And, you know, there's two questions actually I want to ask you, but let me let me start with this one. One is that, you know, what about the companies that are working cross-culturally? So their parent company might be, you know, somewhere in Asia mm-hmm. and, you know, they have, you know, other other, you know, satellite companies or, 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 you know, locations in Europe or South America in the United States or, or Canada. But we now are bringing into the mix different languages, different lifestyles, different cultures, and and also, you know, that different hierarchy of leadership that, you know, maybe here in America we can speak our voice, but that if the parent company is in Asia, maybe that is not such a great idea. Have you ever experienced that? Or what would you advise somebody that has that type of setup that they're either in it or they, you know, have the opportunity to to lead uh, a company with improv. Great. So I want to sort of take apart what I've heard here. Mm-hmm. The first part is this idea of working cross-culturally. Mm-hmm. And let me know if I'm on the right track yeah. here. And then the other is this idea of a global workforce and right. how do you infuse this idea of improv globally. Right. I think improv is one of these amazing games that doesn't necessarily need language. And I'll tell you why. When I first started to design this idea of using improv to build literacy in the classroom, I was living in Thailand and I was working at an international school. And I had agreed to lead a three-day training for um, kids from all over the Mekong region. So they came to my session. I made an assumption they were all going to be able to speak English and none of them were willing to at least. And so I had to quickly think on my feet, what can I do with them to build their confidence, feel like they're engaged, but still get the impact. So I quickly threw out some nonverbal games. Over the next three days playing with them, they were jumping in with any language they had at their disposal and they were all playing. 
I don't know what they said, (laughs) but they were playing. All right, Right. so that was one of the observations. Recently, I had a group from Japan come and meet with me because they were interested in this idea of innovative and experiential trainings. We had a translator, and we were sitting around this boardroom table, and we're just talking. And I thought, okay, this is just not working for me. We need to get up and do this, even if they don't understand me. So I played this game called Pass the Rhythm. Some people call it um, Passing a Clap. And we stood in a circle and the translator explained it. And I played the game with them a few different times. And the game is all about this idea of making connection, making eye contact, giving and receiving offers, being willing to accept the offers that are given you. And then I had them debrief it. Their level of energy went through the roof after we actually got up and played. Mm. The next thing, though, I want to talk about is cultural differences. So I spoke about body language earlier, right, and being able to read body language. One of the things we talk about a lot is this idea of not making assumptions that one's body language is what you think it is based on your own cultural norms. So, for example, in my culture, let's say, if I have my arms crossed, that can give the impression of being closed, But in other cultures, because I have done trainings around the world, that means I'm thinking and I'm listening carefully and I'm contemplating what you're saying. So it actually shows great respect. So it's very important to have those kinds of transparent conversations, which is one of the things we facilitate because it's not just game. It's about really dialoguing, right? So what does this body language mean to you? And how can I support you in letting you feel heard so that you do feel respected? So I think when we're dealing with a global climate and a global corporation, we want to make sure that we're addressing the differences in culture and not, you know, not necessarily jumping to conclusions or assumptions and making sure we're transparent in how we have conversations about it. Yeah, because I tell you, we're moving more and more to, I don't know if homogenized would be the right word to say, uh, working globally, but but we we do really need to all of us, all of us, wherever you're listening today, all of us need to have that kind of respect for other cultures and how can we communicate so you know we can we can make a shift to be to to have you know better business relationships and communications around the world. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to hear more from Lisa Saffron about the essentials of business improv. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you second guess your business decisions? Whether you struggle or succeed in business depends on you. What if you had access to foretell when certain days and times were vibrant to help you excel in your personal and professional endeavors? You were born with a business DNA. With a five elements business astrology reading, timing is everything and the time is now. Why wing it when you were born with a unique birth map? For your free business astrology chart, visit freebusinessastrology.com. That's freebusinessastrology.com. Highly successful people know that timing is everything. Kathleen Zamansky's Time Blazer Business Management System taps the ancient wisdom of auspicious timing for your business success. The Time Blazer decodes ancient Chinese wisdom into standard business concepts to help you make crucial decisions at the correct time, whether it's about business, career, education, travel, or even the best time to walk away from a partnership. Find out more at 5elementsgroup.com. That's number 5elementsgroup.com. We're always talking business. 
talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Illuminating Feng Shui. To reach Kathleen or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Kathleen at 5elementsgroup.com. Now, back to Illuminating Feng Shui. Welcome back. This is Kathleen Zemanski. And if you're just tuning in, I'm talking with Lisa Safran about the essentials of business improv. Lisa, in the last segment, you talked about Thailand and you had a pretty harrowing experience while you were there. Would you mind sharing that experience with us? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, So it's interesting because when you asked sort of the why of how I got into my work, often that's actually part of my answer. I originally was living in the East Bay. I was working as a teacher and I had gone through a divorce and this was 2004 and I decided to go to Thailand on a holiday, new chapter, right? And I I was just there on vacation. I had been there previously. I used to rock climb. I was rock climbing on the beach on December 26, 2004 and I had just pulled the rope down from the wall and there was tons of people on the beach that day and a lot of noise going on, like lots of tourists, lots of excited climbers, people from Australia, and Sweden and I don't know where else, right? Germany. And all of a sudden it was silent. And I'm trying to get my mind around why has everyone stopped talking? And I'm looking at the water, which was only, I don't know, 10, 12 feet away. And I see these three long tail boats, which are a kind of boat that is in that region. And there's some yelling coming from that boat. And then someone on the beach screamed, run. And out in the horizon, I saw a long white strip of foamy water And it it didn't really look menacing to me, but when someone screams really loudly to run, I've learned to follow directions. And so I started to run, but I realized I didn't know which way to run because I was on a beach. And I started to run inland, which was towards another beach. And as I ran inland, people were running towards me from another beach, and some looked fairly traumatized, including physical injuries. I didn't know what had happened. Now, I later learned that this was the Southeast Asia tsunami that had hit and had actually killed a quarter million people. I ended up running up into the jungle and I stayed up there for about four hours. And while I was there, I learned that there had been some sort of tidal wave earthquake is what people were calling it and that they were talking about the increased death toll. And I had traveled with a friend and I didn't know where she was um, because we had not been climbing together that day. I eventually found my way back down from the top of the jungle area and up to this other area where I found her. Now, moving forward, what happened for me as a result of going through that experience is I had some survivor guilt. And I learned that survivor guilt is all about not living the life that you want to live. And through some conversations, I started to isolate, well, what is it I really want to do? And I realized I wanted to find a way to combine my love of creativity with the fact that I had been a teacher. I didn't know what that meant. I wanted to live overseas because I had lived in Nairobi as a child. And I also wanted to do something with my music because I'm a composer. And the easiest of those three things was actually to get an overseas teaching job. And at that point, I went to a job fair within two months of the tsunami. I went to this job fair for international applicants. And I interviewed with 10 different international schools in in about 24 hours. 
had two solid offers, one from Beijing and one from Thailand, and I accepted the one in Thailand and then moved there that same summer. Mm. For me, the experience of the tsunami, I equate it to a little bit of a leadership journey that sometimes something's coming at you and you don't, you don't, you don't really know what it is, but you have to respond and you have to be bold. And seeing the kind of trauma that I saw during that experience was, you know, very much um, grounding in the sense of you get this incredible life. So do something you're excited about, do something you're passionate about, and don't stop. So since that experience, I've lived overseas, I produced an album, and I've started this business of combining something creative, improv, with the fact that I was a teacher. And that's the true why of what I do. It's that you have to live a passionate life. And that's what I do. Well, that is probably the most incredible why I've ever heard. And you know, when you have a host that's kind of emotional, <laughs> listening to that story and a guest that I'm looking straight in the eyes, wow. Um, but anyway, I, I'm sure you could feel the emotion in her, her voice. And I, I think that that's what you do, Lisa, though, is you do bring, you know, all of those seeds of of your experience and emotion and passion to your work because I've seen you work and I've seen the transformation in the clients that you have worked with. So thank you for sharing that that story. I know it was a, a, a bit emotional, but thank you for, for being vulnerable enough to do that with us. So, um, well, let's get back to um, some, some other um, improv questions. So um, how do you use improv in coaching with a private client? I know you work with larger corporations, even very well-known corporations, but what about working with some of the private clients you've had? Well, that was definitely a result of saying yes and to the first offer. I was in Bali and I was doing a um, teacher training for the Green School in Bali. And it was a three-day training where I was both teaching the teachers how to use improv for literacy around multiple intelligences theory, which is something Howard Gardner coined. And it's all about this idea that children or people don't have necessarily learning disabilities, but they have different abilities in how they learn. So it's very important as educators that we tap into the best way that they learn. And then it was about team building, right? So this was a staff that had a third new team that year. While I was there, a woman in the community who owned an export business said, hey, I hear about this improv work that you're doing at the Green School. Could you do this with me? Now, my natural reaction was no. (laughs) I absolutely cannot. I mean, the idea of improv with one person, luck. It sounds terrible. But because of this idea of yes and, instead of saying no, I said, what did you have in mind? And I let her create and craft the story of that coaching session. And what I learned by asking that question of what do you have in mind was that she wanted to create some opening in how she was approaching her business. She was not necessarily wanting to stay in the business in the same way and wanted to figure out a way to have more freedom. And from that, I ran back to my hotel room. I found a really crappy uh, internet connection and I started to look up best coaching practices and isolate improv exercises that I could do with one person or a pair, me me being one of the other people. And then I did a two-hour session with her. And at the end, we created some action items and she has lived up to those action items. And what I learned in that was that one, 
improv is not necessarily about, again, performing and playing a game, but it's a way, it's an ingredient in a fabulous pie. And sometimes it's the main ingredient and sometimes it's a smaller ingredient. And so over the years with the coaching that I've done with clients, it used to be that I would create exercises for every coaching session and now I show up. Mm-hmm. And I see what comes at me from what they're needing. And based on what they are needing is how I then design the program in that moment. So some of the people that I've worked with include like a provost of a university who is wanting to have a presidency. And she now has that presidency. It's been an IT manager that was wanting to establish better relations and systems at work. And she now has that and got the best performance review she's ever had before. So every coaching session is different. And that's part of the improv. But the skill sets are listening, building on the ideas that are being offered, and finding a creative solution. So you said that you had, you know, like you gave us an example of working privately, and I, I, I'm, you know, I know some of my listeners are, you know, entrepreneurs. They have maybe one or two staff that that they have. So is there is there anything that we can describe on the radio versus, you know, because we can't really see, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the visual things like you were talking with the Japanese group that you were working with, but is there something that you can explain to them like as a real quick game. way game that they mm-hmm. can quickly connect with you know, I don't know, maybe they're starting a new project or something like that. What would be? Yeah, absolutely. So we can do a quick yes and exercise. Okay. And this is, um, I, many people do it differently, but we're going to do one that's called Remember Mexico. Okay. And what's going to happen, Kathleen, is you and I, we actually went on an amazing vacation together last year. It was incredible. Do you remember it? I, I do. Right. We went to Nicaragua, right? Yes. Yeah. And while we were there, we ended up taking skydiving lessons. Oh, and I was very very not happy about that. I don't really like jumping out of planes. Exactly. But what was amazing is even though you weren't happy, you actually wanted to go to the 18,000 foot drop off. And so we had to put oxygen on and we went up to the 18,000 foot, you know, area. And when we jumped out, you were the one that did the somersault. And it was amazing. Like you were doing all these like cool designs and movements in the sky. And, and I had this beautiful, like kind of flowy, uh, colorful costume on so that it, I was really making a pr- an impression for those looking from down below up at me. You I were. am sure. And actually it was then when we got down to the bottom that you were hired to be the spokesperson for that particular skydiving company. That's right. And thousands showed up. <laughs> exactly. And they paid you millions of dollars. Okay. Exactly. All right, so let's now let's debrief what we've just done. Okay. okay. I didn't really know we were doing this right, by the exactly. way. And so Kathleen is definitely improvising right now. And so was I. So this is a game again. Million dollar thing, I know, right? <laughs> what I would ask my clients, and I'll ask you, Kathleen, what did you notice happened in that exercise for you? What, what was the game like? What did you observe in yourself and in me? So, what are some ideas that you had as we played? I had to think on my feet, for one. I had to really listen to you because I had to play off when you stopped the sentence. I had to pick it up and make it sound like a story. Mm-hmm. As crazy as it sounded, but it, it I, I think listening, being present, and 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 not really caring about really what what I was saying, mm-hmm. in the respect, it it didn't really have to be you know a Pulitzer Prize you know story right. or you know bestseller. Right. It just it just had to flow, and then I was 
also setting up you again to pick up the story wherever I left off. Right. So we were supporting each other, making our partner look brilliant. We were building on the ideas. We were not negating, right? We were all yes anding everything that came around. We also didn't worry about budget or gravity, apparently, even though gravity still happened because yep, yeah. we did jump. Yeah. And and there was a playfulness to it. Now, what we could go, we can go deeper and say, were you uncomfortable at all during the game? Absolutely. When you said that I was jumping out of a plane and was like, stop this story. I right. didn't really, I didn't want to even, even virtually, I did not want to jump out of the plane, but. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you didn't want to have to jump out of the plane. And so my job then was to still find a positive way of responding to that. And so that's an example of how we can build a yes and culture, but with a fun game. And then the idea is you have to debrief it. You have to connected to whatever the objectives are. Right, right. Well, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun cool. playing with you. So just just briefly, do you have a favorite thing that you do in using impro- improvisation in your work? Well, I think my favorite thing about using it is seeing how people transform. You know, mm-hmm. I get to see people who are nervous and do feel reticent about jumping out of a plane. And not that they really go and jump out of a plane, but they're willing to jump into that creative space and embrace those ideas, which then means they're willing to listen and respond in a much more positive way to the people that they work with. And, and that, to me, is fantastic, because then you're creating community. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and truthfully, I mean, even though, you know, we haven't worked with each other in a while, we don't get to see each other as often as we used to, There, there, I would have to say there's a nice little connection that, that resurfaced by just doing that little exercise. That was a lot of fun, Lisa. I'm so glad. So... You know, I know that there's, you know, my listeners out there that would love to, you know, find out more about what you do. And and you actually have a little gift uh, for my listeners. Can you, uh, it's actually a big gift. Can you tell us um, how they can find you? And Yeah, absolutely. So we have a couple articles that we've written that I would love to share with you. One is about using improv to support you around fear of public speaking. So many of us have to present. So there's some tips that we've created that can support you with that. We also have a great article on how to really lead an effective meeting using improvisation. And then there's one on training with a twist. So, you know, how do you bring in improvisation into your training programs? You can go and get that at http colon forward slash forward slash www.improvconsultants. Improv is I-M-P-R-O-V consultants, C-O-N-S-U-L-T-A-N-T-S dot com forward slash listeners and there's information there if you click on the big yes it'll take you to where you can sign up to get those fabulous articles yeah okay well wonderful and we're gonna we're gonna be off to a short break when we come back we're gonna jump into the weekly feng shui tip and lisa's gonna help facilitate on that we're really excited. Yeah. i love it <laughs> we'll be right back business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network highly successful people know that timing is everything kathleen zamansky's time blazer business management system taps the ancient wisdom of auspicious timing for your business success the time blazer decodes ancient chinese wisdom into standard business concepts to help you make crucial decisions at the correct time whether it's about business career education, travel, or even the best time to walk away from a partnership. Find out more at 5elementsgroup.com. That's number 5elementsgroup.com. 
you second-guess your business decisions? Whether you struggle or succeed in business depends on you. What if you had access to foretell when certain days and times were vibrant to help you excel in your personal and professional endeavors? You were born with a business DNA. With a five elements business astrology reading, timing is everything, and the time is now. Why wing it? When you were born with a unique birth map, for your free business astrology chart, visit freebusinessastrology.com. That's freebusinessastrology.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Illuminating Feng Shui. To reach Kathleen or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Kathleen at 5elementsgroup.com. Now, back to Illuminating Feng Shui. And we're back. This is your host, Kathleen Zemanski, and I'm with Lisa Safran, and we're at the end of the, the segment with you, sort of, but do you have any last words about improv today? Well, I've just so enjoyed being on the show, Kathleen, and I think the last words I would say is yes and. <laughs> I encourage people to look for workshops in their area, to think about how they can create that kind of playful acceptance of mistakes in their work culture, and really embrace this idea of helping your colleague feel brilliant and supporting each other. It's just a lot of fun. And, and it has great benefits. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you coming to uh, the, the studio with me today. And so lis- listeners, do make sure if you can't find anybody in your area, but even if you do, you want to stop by and pick up Lisa's free gift. And again, you can pick that up at improvconsultants.com forward slash listeners and um, go ahead and pick up those those three white papers that she wrote that are, are going to change the way that you interact with your 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 teams immediately okay now it's time for my weekly feng shui astrology and auspicious timing tip but today i'm going to do something a little bit different this is the first time i'm going to be doing this today i have my guest lisa saffron of improv consultants and we're gonna do the tip together today i love it yeah i know i know it's an improv yeah yeah so we'll see how this all goes so um go ahead do you have any questions for me i absolutely have questions for you so i think the first thing i really want to know is can you explain a little bit more about this idea of energy flow Absolutely. So, you know, I could go on forever about that one concept in particular, but everyone kind of feels energy. Uh, And and sometimes people talk about how ethereal, you know, feng shui is and astrology, but truthfully, everyone knows when they walk into a space and it feels good. Mm -hmm. Now, there's, I always warn people it's not about the beauty of a space now that will help you feel good but you can you can definitely walk into an, a, a room uh, that you hadn't been in previously and you know that something like an mm-hmm. argument had happened mm-hmm. you just know it viscerally that something has happened something bad something bad <laughs> has happened Conversely, you can also walk into a very happy space and you can Mm -hmm. feel like, wow, it really feels buoyant in here. And then how do we actually capture that? So that's some of the things that we address in feng shui, not about, you know, clearing the energy of of the bad and only bringing in the good. But energy flow really happens by 
really what comes to your front door. Mm -hmm. And we really want to allow that to happen by leaving your your entryway unobstructed and, and finding a good path to get to the front door. And then once it gets to the front door, allow it to come in and and capitalize on that. Now, you you really want to look at, you know, where that energy is flowing to and again, where it's going to be good and bad. I have time and time again, I'll walk into somebody's office and they'll say just something doesn't feel right. Mm. Just something doesn't feel right and I will literally move their computer screen three degrees and all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah totally different feel I love how you were talking about this idea of an obstruction and that you it's sort of like an opening and creating that opening and it's very much parallel to the improv world right of like when you put out an idea how to receive that idea in a way that's not blocking so I, I love the parallel now you actually helped me with my office and one of the things that you talked about was directions right and Facing my desk in a particular direction because of abundance, putting a collaborative area in a particular direction. Can you t- share a little bit more about the directionals? Sure. I actually did a couple of different layers on your office. So there's this concept of long-term feng shui, mm-hmm. which we, when we're looking at either leasing a place or renting, buying, whatever the case may be, you always look at the long-term feng shui because you're, you're locked in a lease. You're locked in a lease. And so. <laughs> There, there is this misconception of, oh, there's some really good energy. For example, we're in the fire monkey year right now in the southeast. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, and I can put my desk there. Mm-hmm. Well, all well and good, but is it going to be good for 2017 in the fire rooster year? So, so going back to you always want to get the energy map, if you will, of, and that's a little bit more complicated than I can exactly explain Mm -hmm. on air in just a few minutes, but you always want to find out where the most vibrant long-term energies are Mm -hmm. in a space. And then, so that's layer one. Okay. That will help you go, okay, this is a good space for me. And then with that, we actually, in your particular space, we put your admin assistant in one of those long-term areas. Mm -hmm. Now, for you, that very first year that we worked with you, Mm -hmm. we ended up putting you in not only a long-term good direction, we put you in an annual good direction. And then I interfaced a third piece, which was I took your astrology chart and I ended up getting the direct your personal power directions Mm -hmm. so this is based on your gender Mm -hmm. your year of birth and then you have four really good directions and then four that are a little bit challenging Mm -hmm. so a lot of times when I go into someone's office I will uh, for a quick fix is to put their computer screen or their desk if it's it's not a built-in my desk for example is on wheels so Mm -hmm. I can move it very Mm -hmm. easily as well as my computer screen but just moving the direction of an object, a large object, it becomes an antenna, a receptor of chi or energy mm-hmm. that will receive by your body being in the location. Like you're a conduit? Like you, a conduit? Exactly. Oh, so interesting. Ex- exactly. Okay. You're, you're, it's an antenna. Mm-hmm. So you are directionally putting your body in a certain direction of whatever needs to happen mm-hmm. to bring that good energy to you. So that's really what it's doing is, is I, in your particular case, like I said, I was using location, long-term, location, short-term, as well as your personal power directions. 
Well, it made a huge difference. I mean, I think I shared with you and earlier on the show, I mean, that year, my income went up significantly. And then this last time that I went to your class, I then changed my desk, although it kept my assistant in her place because that's the long term. And already this year, I've had an increase as well. So, I mean, it's been amazing. So, I love it, and I can't wait for your next class. Yeah. Well, actually, you were talking about my annual (laughs) talk. that helps. That totally totally, helps me. Totally, because uh, at the annual talk, I actually talk about how the, you know, that specific, you know, year, which, you know, last Mm -hmm. year you went to, or it was actually earlier this year. Right, right. I know, time flies, right? Yeah. Um, It was the uh, annual, um, you know, fire monkey and how that reflected in your chart Mm -hmm. as well as you know you got the feng shui dial of the annual that you superimposed over your floor plan and then that's where you were able to make those educated um, changes because you knew exactly where to go right because I learned from you but it's different every year. That's right. That's right. So if you're interested in that annual talk, you can go to bit.ly forward slash 2017 annual talk. So we're at the end here. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to seeing you next time on Illuminating Feng Shui. And until next week, make good chi follow. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Illuminating Feng Shui. Please join Kathleen Zamansky again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we look at other aspects to power up your workspace.